This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello again. Welcome to another episode of the Kenyan Wall Street Podcast. My name is Ali Mwakaneno, and I'll be your host today. On the show, we have Ben Roberts, who is the Group Chief Technology and Innovation Officer at Liquid Telecom. So Ben and I are going to discuss how the coronavirus has changed education and both the challenges and opportunities presented by the pandemic. We'll also talk about the different things which internet service providers and companies are doing to address the challenges of remote learning and what present remote learning landscape would mean for the future after the pandemic, hopefully. Welcome to the show, Ben. Thank you. Thank you, Ali. So Ben served as the CEO of Liquid Telecom in Kenya from 2013 to 2017, and also the Chief Technical Officer for Liquid Telecom since 2006. He has over 20 years experience across a range of technologies in design, support, integration, and operation management. He has also led the group's networking and product strategy, expanding its technology base and fiber networks across Africa. So I feel like this would be the right guy to have a conversation with regarding internet connectivity, the pandemic, and how all that can support learning. So right on, Ben. How do you think the coronavirus has affected education in Kenya as compared to other countries in Africa? It's a good question. The impact on education has been pretty big because of the, the closure of a lot of learning institutions. And some schools, some universities were able to quite quickly adapt to continuing learning, to doing learning online, and some were not. So. Uh, maybe 15 million children were not receiving any kind of interactive education at all. And there were some efforts to have educational radio programs and television programs. But really, you know, particularly for younger children, that isn't having the interaction that you require to teach people at their own pace. It doesn't have the feedback. It just doesn't work for, for children to expect them to supplement school with sitting in front of the television. Also with people working at home. Many people have been sent to work at home if they're in professional jobs and they might be working at home. Some might be just at home, not with any job at all. But those are working at home, quite a lot of effort to be looking after your children, expecting them to be doing, you know, helping them with their classes while you're also having Zoom calls and meetings with your colleagues and, and all of these things. So it's affected parents, affected children the most, I think. You know, universities were able to start adapting to doing some online classes faster than schools. And I think it's not a dissimilar picture across the whole of Africa. Maybe South Africa might be a bit further ahead of the game, but you know, the challenges are common and big challenges around schools not having broadband in the school premises in order to deliver online classes. And a lot of children, you know, not, not having access to devices, they have to borrow mum and dad's mobile phone and not having necessarily access to the broadband they would need to, to receive classes online. That's a global problem. And even in, in the USA, you know, they don't have decent broadband to, to do these online classes, but it's just much more in Kenya. The quantity of people affected by this digital divide is much more. They're developing ICT infrastructure economy, 
but you know the other countries say you know uk usa were able to adapt a lot faster to use the infrastructure that was there and the training uh, upskill the teachers in being able to adapt and do their normal thing using online tools so i think that's what we've been focusing on kenya is trying to help uh, with that where broadband is available of course thank you so much for sharing on that and now that you've talked about the different challenges that are facing institutions of learning how is the transition from the offline model to the remote learning model because Kenya mostly had a form of learning where students come into a classroom and the teacher talks to them but then all of a sudden they're now forced to rely on apps to rely on radio stations and the internet to learn what are some of the things that you have noted in a recent survey that you have done regarding the transition from offline to online learning there's a couple of things going on here and really the way that we are learning is also changing yeah so people no longer go to school to learn all the information that you need to know in life what you're actually learning at school is the ability of how to learn and relearn and where to find the information you know we don't necessarily need to know all the facts about the anatomy of a beetle because we can find that online but we you know it is around teaching the life skills and and things to be able to, to learn that but that's one part of it that's a transition that's going on in, in the state of education globally but as we've gone from in person learning to offline learning the thing that's had to adapt is that teachers have the tools available it's really been a case of learning how to use them a lot of these tools have been free so we've seen a lot of the global cloud platforms making free offers to give online learning tools to schools and we've worked with microsoft on this and helped uh, the schools that we have connected we've given them free offers to use these collaboration tools and then there's just been an adaptation process between teachers getting to use these uh, you know using the camera using the smartphone sending the assignments online but that's more interactive but you know in other places i know i know teachers using whatsapp to deliver classes they're just using whatsapp groups to send out the assignments and answer questions and this and that so you know the technology enables it and we find that people are using whatever technology is most familiar to them and it is easiest for them to adapt to so the more sophisticated technology is requiring a bit more learning and training to adapt to that technology whereas something like whatsapp you know everybody using whatsapp groups so just creating documents and sending them to whatsapp groups is also working for some people that's kind of what's going on now, from uh, the surveys and the things we've been doing we're finding that when teachers start doing their online learning classes you know they're getting not getting full attendance in those classes because of what I was saying about kids not having access to broadband so maybe around 30 to 50% in rural Kenya this is are able to attend those classes it's a school in Nairobi we're seeing high levels of people being able to attend classes but once you're getting to rural coverage areas it then becomes you know about the access to broadband the affordability of broadband and devices that's a quite worrying statistic is that when doing those online classes you haven't been able to get full attendance in class so it's easier to get in person learning and you and you bring everybody into a boarding school environment it's easier to get 100% attendance in class and of course on the other side of the coin we have the opportunities provided by the pandemic yes yeah definitely yeah what are some of the opportunities that the transition from in person learning to remote learning do internet service providers and startups in the educational sector especially get to take advantage of because of the pandemic 
Kenya has been for quite a while a good center for innovation in, in many areas. In the space of education technology, no exception. So there's quite a lot of good companies that have been around for a while, some of them in Kenya, using different forms of technology in learning. And some of them are using SMS-based learning, some are using web-based and tools, starting to bring in new technologies, artificial intelligence and all of that. So these companies have been helping people supplement their learning, really. It's kind of been more out-of-school learning. You know, the demand is higher. Yeah? There are more people have gotten used to having gone online for learning now. So that's accelerating the opportunity. And it's an opportunity for some of these Kenyan companies to grow globally as well. And one of the companies we work with is called Engaza Elimu. They've had an investment grant from UNICEF in New York. You know, the fact that they're being recognized in New York is really important. But, you know, we are yet to see any of these startup companies who have got a lot of expertise in this space. We're yet to see any of these being awarded large government contracts in Kenya. We're yet to see the confidence you know, being given by African government ministries. And if these companies are given the scope to do that on a large scale, they'll be able to scale up. But it requires um, approval and acceptance and approval of content to be done by governments. Do we expect the effects of the pandemic on the balance sheets, such as revenues from remote learning to outlast the pandemic? Yeah, well, I think revenues from remote learning will, will come after the pandemic. I think many people who have been working in the space of education technology, a lot of them have done free stuff in this particular time. And I think if you look at the private school sector, they've really been suffering and people have not, they haven't been able to flip onto giving full online classes. In the large part of it, the private schools in Kenya have not been delivering any teaching, have not been collecting any fees. They still have rents to pay and uh, teachers' wages to pay and loans to repay. So we're seeing that side of the business of education has been really hit really hard. Public schools have been obviously not delivering learning, but teachers are still getting paid by the government. So I think the real revenue growth in edutech and education technology is going to come after when people start paying again and, and the disposable incomes are there when people start returning to their jobs and ways of life uh, there'll be more investment by parents parents are the ones paying mostly um, and governments will start spending money into, into education technology earlier you talked about a few things that could perhaps ease the work of both startups in the education technology sector and uh, internet service providers who play the key role of providing the infrastructure to connect students to the Zoom classes and the WhatsApps. What is some of the support or partnership that would benefit both ISPs and startups to further remote learning? That's where we've been working with a bunch of these startups. Our job as ISPs is really to provide the broadband itself. And so we provided broadband to 300 schools in Kenya, another few thousand across Africa so far. Um, our approach has been from the outset to try and help teachers first to knock that onto children, but to help them use the internet in the classroom. So we've connected up the internet, they can log online to fill out their forms and submit them to the government IT systems. But you know, we want them to start using more bandwidth, using more internet and using it in the classrooms. We've been working with those startup companies. We see some telcos across Africa have made partnerships with certain education technology companies. They've zero rated their services. So they've included that in a bundle and part of a subscription bundle 
and then stop charging for the gigabytes you download of those particular educational content. That hasn't been our approach and, and we really thought well, let's focus on the broadband. We've been introducing the edutech companies that we work with to the schools we have connected. So I guess we're trying to help them develop their business and, and have access to schools that already have connectivity and they help the teachers learning to adapt to these tools and ultimately if the teachers and schools start purchasing them then we get to benefit by uh, providing more broadband. We've not taken the approach of trying to resell it or include it in our bundles but some telcos across Africa have done that. As we go on what do you think is the future of remote learning with regards to both the pandemic right now and after the pandemic? You know the future of learning has already been changing and as I said the knowledge you might think you need is all there it's all online right so it's no longer a a question of remembering facts you know that is the big change that we're taking place so the internet's becoming more and more important in learning you know children used to ask used to ask their parents for facts that ask you know why is this what is that they'd ask all these questions uh, but now at a younger and younger age they just turn to google for those things they don't ask their parents anymore they don't ask the teachers where do i google that so that's changing overall and as we have the um, you know post pandemic I think we'll see more and more mixed learning you know exercises are going to be given that require internet to be used children will log on when they get home get their assignments that way rather than going home with papers and books you know they'll log on get their assignments online this is already going on you know, we'll just see more and more of this and you know now with schools opening up in some countries there's still an uncertainty as to how long they will be open if there's an outbreak in the school they may have to you know go home again so there needs to be some ability to adapt fast there needs to be faster adaptation and i think you know kenya has quite a lot of work to do to be able to cater for a pandemic like covid even at infrastructure level and desks and dormitories is big time infrastructure issues to take care of but if we have a faster and deeper investment into infrastructure into ict infrastructure they'll be able to you know, adapt and change with the modern changes that are going on in education anyway it seems like you've already gone ahead and talked about my next question how can learning institutions position themselves to embrace remote learning in future mm. in connection with that what are some of the policy changes that would benefit both learning institutions and ISPs in furthering remote learning yeah okay so what learning institutions you know, need to do is to be able to adapt is to have infrastructure in place so you I know mean, having access to broadband is key uh, we can't rely upon 3G, 4G technology that we have as being the way that most people access broadband. Uh, we can't rely on that to be having very high-speed multi-user sessions going on in a school environment. And much as I'm sitting in a bit out of town, I'm in Navasha today and I'm using 4G and we're having a nice conversation here. If there were 35 teachers sitting in the same area as me and there was another school over there and there were, you know, there were 300 teachers all using the same cell tower and conducting online classes, you know, there just wouldn't be enough bandwidth to do that. Our conversation would fall over. We wouldn't be having this conversation. So it requires dedicated infrastructure, dedicated frequencies for wireless links or fiber infrastructure to be connecting schools, high-speed links to be connecting up and connecting up across the whole campus, expanding your network across the whole school campus, not just one central point. We look at universities and universities have already got very, very good broadband and they've got high speed access to broadband in Kenya. We, we work with Kenet to connect all the universities and they use a lot of our fiber infrastructure. 
But if you get a massive campus like University of Nairobi, um, Kenyatta University, these are many, many acres of land. And you walk around there with a mobile phone looking for the Wi-Fi signal, you'll see that in the large parts of the university where students might be studying are not really covered. Dormitories are not really being covered. So in the lack of campus network coverage is another factor. The usage of internet by Kenyan universities is really low compared to a university in the USA just because that campus coverage is getting to be quite quite low and when we come to policies I mean uh, you know there are a lot of policy things going on at the moment and I've been working on the digital economy strategy for Kenya and part of that task force and this has been touching on areas of education and that was touching upon three levels of skills of ICT needed one being this expert the ICT professionals right down to sort of this you know, basic ICT literacy, you know, everybody needs to be able to use apps and the web and everything else, somewhere in the middle, which is where your teachers are fitting, but they need to be in this, you know, how to use these tools proficiently and well to do your job. So they, they teachers fit in with the same space as office workers. So the implementation of, of that policy is quite important. You know, but are we seeing negative policies at the moment? And we're seeing quite a lot of taxations coming in on digital content, digital infrastructure as well. We have extra duties on broadband, 15% being applied you know, a couple of years ago. We now have a digital services tax is coming. If you download music videos online, that is coming in with more taxations, but there's no exemption for educational content. These taxes are coming and they're going to negatively impact things. So if we try and overtax the digital economy, that's really going to kill everything from digital education to online, you know, e-commerce and, and, and the whole spectrum of things. You know, they're the main important things that are going on. You know, I think stronger policies to provide rural broadband need to be done. Some attention has got to be paid to lessening the digital divide that we have. I think that would be really important. So as we finish, Ben, what would be your last comment on all this? Uh, in Kenya, we had um, a contract to connect 300 schools and, you know, we connected those to broadband. You know, when we started to look at it, we wanted to analyze, you know, how much was it being, to what extent was it being used? But us, the impact of this was around the uptake and usage to see that it was being used well in schools. And we identified a number of different areas. Um, we took the choice of working with the ICT teachers in the schools and the principals of the schools as being the key stakeholders, uh, to, you know, championing the use of ICT in education from the bottom up and the top down. Obviously, the principal is in charge of the school and the ICT teacher is the one teaching ICT to the students. We've worked mostly with those particular groups and that's why we've been doing a lot of training courses. We've been bringing these technology partners. Um, we've just done a program with Cisco that's lasted six weeks, but we've done other programs with Microsoft and the local companies as well. I mentioned the education technology companies and also Kenick, who, who run the domain name registry system for Kenya. We've done workshops around creating school websites and stuff like that. So the things that we've been doing have been there to uh, enhance and give people the skills. And I guess this has been an opportunity of the pandemic because with schools being closed, found that the teachers that we've been working with have got a lot of time on their hands and they've been able to have uh, dedicate their time, go into school, use the broadband that's there and participate in these programs we've been running. We even had the Cisco program, six weeks, 103 teachers graduated and they spent every day for six weeks logging in for two hours to complete this course. So a real extreme level of dedication that is there. It shows the, the thirst and desire. So putting the infrastructure is the first step. Other things have to happen afterwards. And we're keen to see all of it happening. 
we want to provide infrastructure and connectivity and we want it to be meaningful. So we want it to have a meaningful impact on education in the whole of Africa, not just Kenya. That's going to be it for this podcast. We would love to explore more on what ISPs are doing towards education, as well as what the future of remote learning will be. Ben, thank you so much for joining this conversation. And I can't wait to have you next time. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, Alec. Cheers. Thank you.